friends, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to inspire, encourage, and ignite your kingdom purpose while equipping you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Be sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends so they can be encouraged. On today's episode, Reverend Matthew Martin, pastor and doer and superintendent of the Oklahoma District of the UPCI, emphasizes the importance of the fruit of the Spirit and how they are critical to end-time revival. You don't want to go anywhere, so let's get into today's episode. Next Generation Leaders of Oklahoma, it's a great privilege to uh, address you here today in this podcast. First of all, I want to thank you for being a part of this very important initiative that we call Next Gen Leaders. We believe that you are going to be a key part of the growth of uh, the Oklahoma District and that you'll become our pastors and assistant pastors and critical leaders of our churches in, in the days to come. And so thank you for being a part of this. I also want to thank Brother and Sister Hughes and this leadership team for putting this initiative together and and keeping it going. So uh, uh, I'm happy to be able to address you today. I'm going to be talking to you about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, For the last several meetings, this group has been talking about spiritual gifts. And of course, spiritual gifts are very, very important when it comes to Um, when it comes to our working for the Lord, um, we need these spiritual gifts to accomplish the will of the Lord and the work of the Lord. Uh, Again, we believe that you are going, as a leader, as a next-gen leader, going to be a part of this. And so we need the spiritual gifts. Uh, We need the gifts of the Spirit. Um, They're critically important as we fight this battle and as we reach for souls. Uh, and so a lot of time was spent talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and then there was some time talking, we spent some time talking about the service gifts in Romans chapter 12. And uh, these gifts are very, very important as well. And uh, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, so on and so forth. And so as you uh, use these gifts that God has given you, it's it's going to be beneficial in reaching the harvest and uh, reaping this great harvest of souls in these last days. Uh, The last set of gifts that uh, we talked about and I want to talk to you about today is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And um, I believe that not only are the gifts of the Spirit critical um, and, and the service gifts critical, but we must produce the fruit of the Spirit because this in itself is going to help us reap this harvest. Now, I'm going to take you to the book of Galatians, and we're going to go to the the point where Paul uh, addresses the uh, 
the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of background before I go into these different, uh, different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Paul was writing to the, uh, the churches of Galatia. Galatia was an area of Asia Minor where he started several churches. And so his writing in the book of Galatians was written to multiple churches and uh, the churches in the area of Galatia. And, and what was going on at the time is critically important to understand why he addressed the fruit of the Spirit. So let me give you that brief background. Um, Paul had gone to these churches and had preached about the new birth, the Holy Ghost, and so on and so forth, and, and uh, started these churches, uh, several churches in particular. And after he left... Uh, there was a group of people that had uh, infiltrated the churches of Galatia, and we call them the Judaizers. Uh, these Judaizers were people who believed that, uh, yes, you needed the Holy Ghost and you needed to uh, be born again, but you also needed to observe uh, some of the law in order to be saved. They kind of looked at themselves as a super Christian, so to speak, because they were observing a portion of the law like circumcision and observing holy days and so on and so forth. But they were also Holy Ghost filled. And so these Judaizers had circled back around behind Paul and was um, they were they were uh, preaching this false doctrine of uh, salvation by works or by the law to where of course Paul had been preaching to them that you know you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself it's the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast as he told the Ephesians in chapter 2 so um, that's why Paul opens the book of Galatians by saying for example in chapter 1 verse 6 I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, though there be some that would pervert the gospel of Christ. And he said, though we are an angel from heaven, we preach any other gospel unto you than we've already preached, let him be accursed. So he's trying to help them understand, you can't go back to the law. It's not by works, but we are saved by the Spirit. We're saved by the grace of God. And so as he, as he um, uh, writes his letter to the churches of Galatia, um, the first two chapters of his, of his letter or of the, of the book, he is defending his apostleship because these Judaizers had told uh, the churches of Galatia, you know, Paul wasn't even one of the 12 apostles. And so he has no right to tell you what to do. And and you shouldn't listen to him, you should listen to us. And so Paul spends the first two chapters uh, defending his apostleship. The, the two middle chapters, chapters 3 and 4, Paul um, gives them a very strong doctrinal um, exposition on salvation is by grace through faith, and that uh, it's not by works, but it is by the grace of God. Uh, and then in chapters uh, 5 and 6 is where he gives them practical application of uh, salvation is by the grace of God. And when you receive the Spirit of the Lord, it will cause you to live 
a certain way and he gives practical uh, instruction about living in the Spirit. And so it's in this fifth chapter where Paul is giving the, the churches of Galatia this very practical uh, explanation about what it really means to live in the Spirit. It's not about going back to uh, offering sacrifices and going back to the law of Moses, but it is it is all about living in the Spirit. This is where he gives a very um, interesting concept about the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. So he enumerates uh, many different uh, uh, attributes of the flesh and what what it means to walk in the flesh um, and, and how walking in the Spirit is so different. Uh, the reason why he talks about the fruit of the Spirit is because he's trying to help them understand if you go back to the law and you live according to the flesh and according to the law, here's what you can expect. You can expect uh, the works of the flesh, uh, which are uh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, on and on he goes. This is what the flesh can produce. But when you live by the Spirit that's within you and you walk in the Spirit, then you will produce the fruit of that Spirit. And I would say to us uh, here today that we need to walk in the Spirit so that we can reap this great harvest that God has for us in the last days. But the real question is, what does it look like to walk in the Spirit? What does it look like to produce the fruit of the Spirit? And so Paul gives a very a very uh, detailed listing of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you about for just a few more minutes here today. And that is that God needs us as the church to produce the fruit of the Spirit so that we can show the world who He is and we can have this great harvest of souls in the last days. So notice uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 uh, Paul begins with the word, uh, the, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit. It's the word day, D-E in the Greek. And, and it, actually, um, um, it, it actually means the, the opposite of, uh, the opposite of. Uh, it, would, uh, it would actually mean the antithesis of. And so he says, the actual difference, the antithesis, the opposite of the works of the flesh is the fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, he's telling us that we need to produce this fruit of the Spirit. Now I want you to notice, uh, first of all, that it is the fruit singular of the Spirit. It's not, it's not plural. It is the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit will produce all nine of these character traits in every child of God if we will allow Him to. This is not a pick-and-choose type of thing. It's, it's all about one fruit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Kenneth Wiest, who is a, uh, a Greek scholar, he, I quote him here. He says, The word fruit is singular which fact serves to show that all of the elements of character spoken of in these verses are in unity. 
making for a well-rounded and complete Christian life. What he was saying is these multiple characteristics, there are multiple characteristics, but there is one fruit and they all are connected to each other. So you can't say, well, I'm good at the, you know, love and the joy and the peace, but I'm not very good at long suffering. And I'm not very good, you know, at uh, faith, being faithful. You can't say that because they are all interconnected and they all work together. And so if I'm not good at one of these, I'm undermining my ability to present to the world this lifestyle of the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, it, it's something that we have to produce and strive to produce all of these character traits of the Spirit. So uh, without any further ado, let me just go through them to kind of give you a, a, a very vivid picture of what you can do. Now, you can, you can give messages in tongues. You can give interpretation of tongues. That's good. You can you can have gifts of healing. You can uh, have discerning of spirits. You can produce these these nine uh, spiritual gifts, and that's great, and we need those. But you could also undermine your ability for these gifts uh, to operate and the effect effectiveness of these gifts if you do not produce the fruit of the Spirit. And so we need to, along with these sp nine spiritual gifts, we need to pr produce these nine uh, attributes or character traits of the fruit of the Spirit as well. The first one that Paul mentions is love. This is the word agape. Um, in the Greek language, and I don't have time to go into a long explanation here except to tell you that uh, there are four words in the Greek language that are translated as love, and uh, each of them is unique. And to fully understand what agape is, sometimes we have to understand what agape is not. Uh, the first word for love is the word eros, which means a sensual love. And uh, it, is, um, it, it is a love that is rooted in carnal impulses. It's, it's a love that is rooted in uh, the gratification of the person who is loving uh, this is not a giving love. Rather, it is a very selfish and self-satisfying, self-gratifying and self-pleasing type of love. This is not the love that, that Paul was referring to. The second word is the word storge, which means family love or the love between parents, children, and siblings. This word is used in classical Greek to describe the love that a ruler has for his nation or a master has for his dog. The core identity, uh, the core quality of this love is devotion. I'm loving because I am devoted. This is not the type of love that, that Paul was referring to when he said the fruit of the Spirit is love. The third word for love is the word filio, which uh, means a friendship type of love, where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. This is a, a love uh, that that is a sense between two people that are well-matched together, well-suited, friends, uh, people that are complementary to each other. And, and while that's a good love, that's not the love that Paul mentioned when he said the fruit of the Spirit is love. He used the word agape. It is agape love. It is unconditional love. It is a love that occurs when an individual sees, recognizes, understands and appreciates the value of a person 
causing him or her to hold that person in high esteem, in awe, in value and admiration. It's the kind of love the Lord had for us. For God so loved agape, the world, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's how we can reach more people. That is to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. It is a giving love. It is loving people when nobody else loves them. It's reaching out to people when nobody else will reach out to them. It is a very important love that we can have for the world. And we can only have this type of love because the Spirit of God is within us. It is produced by the Spirit that is within us. So as you can already see, when I have his spirit, he will produce in me the fruit of that spirit, which is love. The word, the second, the second uh, character trait of, of the fruit of the spirit is joy, hara. It, it comes from the Greek word haris, which means grace. This word is used 70 times in the New Testament, and it means that that joy or grace is not rooted in in, uh, ha in happiness, human-based happiness, but it is of divine origin. Um, this joy is a deep-seated sense of well-being that abides in the heart of a person who knows that all is well between himself and his God. This joy does not come from favorable circumstances. Many times in the New Testament, this word joy actually is used in connection with the word suffering which seems diametrically opposed to each other, but it's absolutely true. And so uh, Paul said, the spirit within us will produce this joy even in the most difficult circumstances. This is why the command in Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And, and, and the commandment in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice evermore and rejoice in suffering that's why we can have the joy in these types of situations. So, so here's the commandment that we need to remember. And that is, I know things are not always good in our lives. I know things are not always perfect in our circumstances. But we can still have the joy of the Holy Ghost in our life. And we can produce this joy even when times are tough and things are difficult. And that within itself is a witness to the world around us. I don't know what he has or I don't know what she has, but... They seem to have it all together when everybody else is kind of falling apart and biting their fingernails to their elbows. These, the, this person seems to be strong. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Peace is another, another attribute of the Spirit. It comes uh, from the Greek word arene, which means to bind together. This peace is the tranquility of mind based on the understanding of having the right relationship with God. We can have peace. The kingdom of God, Paul told the Romans, is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so we can have this peace when everybody else is all upset. We can have this peace because of the Holy Spirit. And that is a witness to the world around us. Long-suffering. Long-suffering means a steadfastness of the soul under provocation. We can have long-suffering. I know many very... People are mean and mad and the world's angry, but we can be long-suffering. That is very important. Uh, it's a fruit of the Spirit. 
And we can produce that character quality because his spirit is within us. Gentleness or kindness. Um, a tender concern for others. To show kindness and to be friendly to other people. This is a witness within itself. We can somehow, we can somehow be a witness to the world around us simply because of this kindness that we have. Goodness, uh, the word agathos which uh, which means being good to someone, being generous, being big-hearted, being liberal and charitable with finances. Don't be stingy. Be generous with people. Give good tips because that shows the world around you that you have the Spirit of God in you. The word faith, I know we think it means, you know, saving faith, but actually it means faithfulness, reliability, steadfastness, loyalty, you being steadfast, being the best worker on your job, uh, being faithful to your commitments and dedications, that in itself is a witness to the world. And you can win souls by your faithfulness, meekness, meekness, the attitude or demeanor of one who is uh, forbearing, patient, slow to respond in anger, one who remains in control of himself in the face of insults or injuries, and, and so meekness, and meekness is not weakness. Meekness is very important. Temperance, temperance, it, it's, it's a, a very interesting word that means to be in control, to have power over oneself, self-control. The world doesn't have a lot of self-control, but yet uh, a child of God that is... Uh, Full of the Holy Ghost can have this um, can have this self control. Uh, temperance is so important. And then he said this: against such there is no law. Um, there is no law against living by the fruit of the Spirit. Is what he was saying. The bigger point here is that if if there is uh, no law that they were obeying by doing this, then they were not under the law, which is the whole point of the letter. If there's no law to force them to do this, then they're not following the law. And uh, that's the whole point, it, Paul was saying. It's not about the law. Amen. And so he, he finishes up by telling them that they need to walk in the Spirit so that they will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So my my instruction in this podcast to you today is, by the grace and help of God, let's use the uh, gifts of the Spirit to reap a harvest. Let's use the service gifts to uh, reap a harvest. Let's uh, use the fruit, singular, fruit of the Spirit to reap a harvest of souls. I expect there's going to be some great things happen until Jesus comes. I believe that God is doing great things in Oklahoma, and I believe that you and I as next generation leaders are going to be a part of what God is doing. And I pray that God will use you and that you will make yourself available to the, the fruit, the gifts of the Spirit, the service gifts, and of course, live by the fruit of the Spirit. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Looking forward to seeing you at camp meeting here in just a few weeks. God bless you in Jesus' name. 
Thank you for listening with us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you can stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.